You're listening to Coast to Coast Latino. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. Feliz Navidad. Good Wednesday to you. Today's Wednesday, December the 16th, nine days away from uh, Christmas. So we felt this particular song is a good fitting since we're so close to the uh, La Navidad. By the way, this song was recorded by Jose Feliciano, a Puerto Rican-born uh, musician who uh, wrote and uh, sang in this song, obviously, and he recorded it in 1970. But it did not become uh, a hit until the 1990s, where it was rediscovered by a whole new generation. Uh, it's been in the top 10 most downloaded songs, uh, holiday songs, in uh, in the world. And so uh, it's it's very well known that uh, Jose Feliciano, of course, is uh, 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 has a disability. But let me tell you, this that did not prevent him from writing this popular song. It's sung in schools, it's it's performed by school bands, and it's been re-recorded uh, numerous times. Uh, you'll find this song on iTunes, on Amazon, on, on YouTube. Uh, everywhere you look, this song is available. Feliz Navidad, Jose Feliciano. My name is Adrian Perez. I am your host here at Coast to Coast Latino. I want to welcome you again for joining us uh, today. A lot of things have happened over the last seven days uh, since we were last with you. And uh, we're going to start by sharing with you a small clip of just to give you an idea how different things are this particular week. The Electoral College has spoken. So today I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. The President-elect is no stranger to the Senate. He's devoted himself to public service for many years. I also want to congratulate the Vice President-elect, our colleague from California, Senator Harris. So unless uh, you uh, haven't been watching the news, let me tell you, that is a Senate leader Senate pro tem, Mitch McConnell, Republican, who just last week was saying that uh, he could not call Joe Biden president-elect because uh, there were still legal challenges that uh, Donald Trump was still going through in court. But on Friday of this past week, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, shut down all of the chances of Donald Trump challenging the election results and his request for throwing out millions of votes uh, made absolutely no sense to the to the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court, without signing it, without they just issued a simple uh, short paragraph that uh, there is no reason for them to listen to any of the cases that are being brought forth to them. Uh, Mitch McConnell uh, did not right away say anything. He waited until Monday uh, 
when the electoral college voted and guess what they voted exactly like everybody else has been saying with 306 votes for joe biden 232 for donald trump and the clear and obvious winner is uh joe biden donald trump of course is still continuing arguing and and claiming that there was fraud and uh they're still looking at other potential legal options well the only option that would have been available to him would be if the congress the republicans in congress uh introduced uh legislation to essentially do exactly what he's been asking the supreme court to do and that's to throw out the elections because of inconsistencies in how voting happened uh which are all false and uh and what they would need is they would need uh, uh a couple of senators to go along with the idea in order to uh, uh to to be able to pass that whole idea and let me tell you that would delay the recognition of joe biden as a president-elect but yesterday uh mcconnell turned around and told uh, the senate all his senators he told them don't get involved in this joe biden is the president-elect we need to move forward and quite frankly i'm surprised that it's taken him this long considering that there are so many significant issues uh hitting america today uh everything from the pandemic to uh uh starvation believe it or not uh evictions and probably the most difficult one that that many of us are looking at is the economic status of america over the next year because a lot of businesses especially small businesses are shutting down so the impacts of of pan of this pandemic has been very significant and rather than our president assuming responsibility as a president you know he's been he's been hunkered down in the white house crying about his loss asking people to feel sorry for him and just demanding that the election be thrown out well let me ask you this uh, i mean all of you are 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 registered voters i'm assuming and many of you really understand politics you know it and so my question then is why is it that all the votes for joe biden are illegal and all the votes for donald trump are legal i mean we need to ask that question because if there are illegal votes it had to have gone both ways not just one way and here's the other question that i have for you there are uh 14 congressional representatives that were elected in those states where uh the vote is being challenged as being illegal and though and there are those 14 republicans who got elected or re-elected and they too are claiming that there was voter fraud so would that invalidate those congress people why would they want to do that and validate their own election that could really change things for the republicans 
Uh, there's a lot of things that just don't make any sense. Last week, uh, this past Saturday, in fact, uh, President uh, Trump went to um, Georgia where they're holding a runoff election uh, and on January the 5th. And he he was told and asked by all the Republican leaders, please, if you show up, don't don't bring your your whiny crying song about uh, losing the election. Talk about promoting the two senators, Republican senators that are running and trying to hold on to their seats. And uh, he shows up and guess what he did? He started whining and crying about the election. And all of a sudden the rally that he put together to supposedly help out these two Republican senators, all of a sudden became a, 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 a rally for his effort and not for them. There are many Republicans who feel that, uh, Republican voters in Georgia that feel that the election was stolen from uh, President Trump, therefore they can't trust the system. Therefore, guess what? They're not going to vote. Of course, that's good for the Democratic challengers because both of them have a, a great opportunity to all of a sudden win if nobody shows up from the other party to vote. And uh, so the Republicans in the Senate, beginning with Mitch McConnell, are realizing that if the two Democrats win, the Democrats will control the White House, the House of Representatives, and believe it or not, the Senate, because the breaking vote would always be Kamala Harris, the vice president. And uh, Mitch McConnell would lose power. He would no longer have the authority to call shots and control the Senate the way he has been, especially in the last four years. We can let me tell you, although he's recognized President-elect Joe Biden, uh, all we need to do is look at the last four years of his inability to really move the Senate to do things for Americans. And in, especially in the last year regarding the pandemic, you know, he has forced millions of Americans to suffer because they refused to take any kind of action that was contrary to whatever President Trump wanted. And these retrumplicans, and they are retrumplicans because Republicans throughout the U.S. have rejected Donald Trump. So these retrumplicans, the folks that, that have decided to really follow whatever Donald Trump says, uh, have actually harmed America. In the last three weeks, we've seen them not only harm America, but challenge democracy in general, which is anti-American. And there has been a strong push that for those 14 Republican congressmen who got elected in states where the votes are being challenged as fraud, that those Republican congressmen not receive any kind of appointment by Congress leader Nancy Pelosi. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens come January 20th when Joe Biden is, is formally uh, sworn in as the president of the United States number 46. 
the 46th president of the United States. And of course, Kamala Harris would become the first female to reach the level of vice president. And she's also the first uh, woman of color to be vice president of the United States. So there was going to be a lot of interesting things happening. But, you know, when they when they go into office, they're going to be facing a lot of challenges mostly the challenges that have been created as a result of this pandemic. Just to give you an idea, headline news today. Here we are, December 16th, Wednesday. Headline news in the New York Times, headline news in the LA Times, headline news in the Miami Herald, headline news in the Dallas Morning News, headline news in the San Francisco Chronicle. You look at all these newspapers and they're all saying the same thing. COVID-19 is just ravaging the country. Right now, they are running out of ICU units throughout the U.S. They are running out of personnel to help in the ICU units. In fact, there's even a, a traveling corps of nurses who are going from city to city to city to help out as much as they can. And that is, that's pretty doggone brave of them, considering that they were exposing themselves continuously to this virus. But the thing is, is that they've become experts in handling this, and they're going from city to city as the request comes in. That, however, there aren't that many. And so ICU units throughout the United States are running out of space, which means there's too many patients, which means we just don't have the staffing. And we have to rely on nurses because there's never been enough staffing for physicians. We don't have enough physicians in the U.S. So there's a lot of a lot of very interesting challenges. But Lord and behold, the uh, the biggest miracle that showed up uh, this this Feliz Navidad was on Monday with the introduction of the uh, vaccine uh, for patients throughout uh, throughout the U.S. Uh, the first one was given in New York City, and the vaccines are now being given in almost every state of the United States. Uh, it's going to continue. The vaccinations are going to continue between now and April. And the belief is that by April of 2021, we will start seeing a large, massive number of vaccine doses being given to people throughout the United States. In the meantime, just to give you an idea how stark and ugly the, the pandemic has been, COVID-19, uh, California has gone out and ordered over 5,000 body bags. They have ordered uh, refrigerated trucks so they can put the bodies in. And that's a very stark number when you start, when you look at the impacts of COVID-19. And unfortunately, the, and they're pinning it down, but, but the spread of this particular virus, of this disease, is among family members and close friends. Because we feel that we're, we're immune for some reason. We walk around without masks. We don't do the social distancing. We don't even uh, wash our hands on a regular basis, which is not 
all those things are just not good because it's been proven by, by scientists if you follow those three basic steps you know you minimize the chances of getting COVID-19 by up to 80 percent so how hard is that well let me share with you on the film set of the next Mission Impossible, which is which stars uh, Tom Cruise, uh, several staffers were caught uh, sitting next to each other watching uh, something on a laptop uh, without masks. And Tom Cruise had a fit. I mean, he went berserk, screaming and yelling at the staff members explaining to them that they are risking the production of this particular movie which he's producing by the way and so i understand i mean there's money tied into this in 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 uh, from his pocket so it, so he yells at them goes into a tirade and, and and just you know short of firing them tells them what you guys are doing is exactly what we don't want people to do sit right next to each other feel comfortable to take off their masks and feel comfortable to have a good laugh without masks uh the following of the rules is very critical and they're not and they're not difficult to follow you know wearing a mask really and i know that some of you have said well you know my my doctor has said that i i shouldn't wear a mask Please introduce me to your doctor because I too would like to be told that I have a medical condition that prohibits me from wearing a mask. And uh, it's equivalent to also wishing that the tooth fairy shows up whenever you lose a tooth. Uh, not very real and definitely uh, not something that uh, that you should be out there telling people that there's a medical condition that prohibits you from wearing a mask. Now, uh, if you wear a mask, wash your hands, social distancing, avoid large crowds, especially crowds where you don't know a lot of people. And and here's the most difficult thing, and I I, I can relate to this as a small business owner I can really relate to this is restaurants have been shut down almost across the United States and the reason they're shut down is because the belief is that COVID-19 is spread in restaurants but there's no data to support that and yet essential businesses like Walmart and and other large big you know big box stores are allowed to be open but yet you see people in there with their face masks covering their chin only or covering their mouth and their chin only exposing their nose it defeats the purpose of the mask when you expose your nose okay and for one the other is there are so many people in those big box stores and guess why it's Christmas season people are Christmas shopping and there's large numbers of people running around out there and uh, 
They don't follow the social distancing rules either, especially at checkout lanes. Unless you have a lot of stuff in your basket, you know, they're breathing down your back. So this whole thing starts with us as human beings. What are our options for shopping on uh, uh, at big box stores is to go online and shop. There are deadlines, unfortunately, uh, for shopping online because guess what? The idea is to have your item delivered before Christmas. If you don't meet that, that threshold, your items are going to be delivered after Christmas. So is that okay for you to give a gift after Christmas? Well, the answer is yes. It's okay because it shouldn't be about the gift itself. It's the whole concept of the thought. Remember this whole idea of, of Christmas and the gift giving and all of that has been commercialized for the last 130 years. Prior to that, who received gifts? Prior to that, did we have a Santa? Well, the bottom line is this. This is a time of giving. And we should be giving. But the last thing we want to do is give COVID-19 to each other. So, again, folks, I cannot emphasize. Wear a mask. Wash your hands on a regular basis. Do social distancing whenever you are in a store. Uh, whenever you have to meet with somebody, give yourself that, that, that at least a six-foot space. And... More importantly, avoid, as much as you can, avoid large crowds. And that way we can really tackle this thing. If you look at countries like New Zealand, I mean, they shut their entire country down. And the impact is just unbelievable. All of a sudden you saw the drop of new cases or, uh, uh, of COVID-19 and you saw the drop of fatalities from COVID-19. Here in the United States, we already peaked. We went over the 300,000 death mark. COVID-19 is, is, is killing more people than heart disease, than lung disease, than any other disease that's out there. And this is on a per day basis. But, you know, experts had been telling us that we were probably going to hit 300,000 by Christmas. So here we are a week out of Christmas and we already hit the 300,000 mark. It's a tragic number. Something definitely not to be proud of. And yes, we could have done something about it nine months ago. But nothing was done. And we can't as they say, cry over spilled milk. We can't look and try to live in the past. We have to look into the future. President-elect Joe Biden has already identified a team that's going to be tackling COVID-19 as soon as uh, his administration comes into, uh, into existence on February the 20th. I mean, January the 20th, excuse me. We're also looking at... Uh, at uh, strategies that are going to help the economy start coming back. And uh, uh, President Trump had decided to leave all of this 
problem to each state. Joe Biden is saying, no, we are all part of the United States. We as a country need to tackle this. We need to start working on this. And more importantly, we have to stop the division because COVID-19 does not understand Republican. COVID-19 does not understand Democrat. In fact, COVID-19 doesn't even understand socialist or communist. And all we need to do is look at every country and the ravaging effects it's having in every country across the world. So we need to start looking at things from that perspective and stop looking at them uh, from a political perspective. Here's the other thing uh, that's happening in the Latino community. The impacts continue to be totally, totally disproportionate with the number of, of uh, people that live in the U.S. You know, states like Texas, Colorado, uh, New Mexico, uh, uh, even even California, you're looking at, at huge numbers of Latino families that are being affected, where the mother and the father die of COVID-19, and they leave three young children to be raised by family members that survived or have survived, you know? And so you have to ask yourself this question, knowing that this, this disease is having such a terrible effect on Latinos, should I risk myself? And the answer is no. Now, although we have a vaccine, don't feel comfortable. Just if you get the vaccine, don't feel comfortable. You should still wear a mask. Still follow the rules. Okay? Because just because you, you have a vaccine doesn't mean that you can't spread it. You can still spread it. Okay, the spread of the virus is still going on. All of us are not going to receive a vaccine on prob until probably the end of the year of 2021. And hopefully by fall of 2021, we'll see some level of normalcy come back to not just California, but the entire United States. Shifting to education, the... LA Times reports that uh, Kelly Ganez has been elected as the president of the Los Angeles Unified School District. That is the second largest school district in the nation. Uh, she uh, represents an interesting faction of the education system, and that's the charter schools. Uh, so she, along with a, a, another new school board member, uh, will be representing charter schools, not the unions. And uh, Ganez, she, and she's only 32, by the way, Ganez, whose mother is from uh, Peru, uh, uh, represents primarily the San Fernando, East San Fernando Valley. And uh, she pledged... Uh, that our students and families above all else, especially during this dire and extremely difficult time for so many in our school community, that they come first. And uh, she goes on to say that the black and brown students we serve cannot thrive in a system built to undermine their promise. 
As a board, we must lead with equity in mind and confront the racist vestiges in our public schools from disciplined practices to resource allocation to staff development, selection, and placement. That means in every board decision prioritizing our historically underserved students that include Latino students, students experiencing homelessness, foster youth, English learners, and students with disabilities. So just like that, the second largest school district in the nation is going to be focused more on the education of our children and less on the needs of a particular party or special interest group like the unions. And it's interesting that uh, this particular election has brought on a, a combination of changes uh, and uh, as well as conservative perspectives. And charter schools, of course, are viewed as conservatives. Uh, this particular article, is, as well as uh, numerous other articles regarding Latinos across the United States, are being posted on our Coast to Coast Latino Facebook page. So if you get a chance, come on over to the Coast to Coast Latino, join us, and every day you will see a new article being posted about what Latinos are doing, about uh, programs that are available for Latinos, and it doesn't matter what area, because our focus has always been to bring you the best to ensure changes in the areas of education, economic development, and political empowerment. So we post all those articles affecting each one of those particular key areas, because those key areas are the ones that are going to bring the Latino community forward sooner rather than later. And the more you're, you're, you're knowledgeable about these programs, these events, these activities, these efforts, the sooner we're going to be able to see a dramatic change, positive change in the Latino community. I want to thank you for joining me this Wednesday, December the 16th. We are getting closer to Christmas, as I mentioned. We're brought to you by the Vida de Oro Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to the arts and enhancing the community. We're also brought to you by U-Haul for your moving and storage needs. Contact U-Haul. And by the way, the Vida de Oro Foundation is doing their last free uh, activity this coming Saturday where they will be handing out gift bags to needy families in the northern Sacramento area. Again, thank you for joining me. In the meantime, wash your hands, stay safe, wear a mask, social distancing, don't get together in large crowds, and we'll see you on Friday. Take care.